Hi there, it's me again. I'm Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and I'm still catching up on the daily tips that are on my website. I try to put them in my podcast so that if you miss them on my website, you can catch them here. Some people prefer to listen to audio and then if you need to, they're always there on the website. Um, so I don't have to write a special blog or anything. Everything I'm talking about today, you can just go and look at the what's new tab in the menu on my website. My website's ieltsetc.com and, and that's completely free. Uh, it's just where I put something daily about something I've learnt or something um, you might have forgotten about and things like that. So I'm starting from November the 9th and November the 9th was, oh this was really interesting. When I did my speaking boot camp was that was last month. So October was the speaking and pronunciation boot camp. Um, you know, I did my MA 30 years ago and I specialised in pronunciation. Um, but things have changed. You know, in 30 years, things change. Research is done. And believe it or not, accents change. And I discovered this um, researcher. Uh, he's on YouTube. You can go and watch his video I watched it, it's about 30 minutes, I think, and it was so interesting. I watched it about five times and I kept having to pause and think about what he was saying. It was really mind-blowing to me. And he's written a book called English After RP. And in this particular YouTube video, which I share with you, um, he talks about how English has actually changed or... RP means received pronunciation. So all of the phonetic symbols that we use, you know, um, for teaching pronunciation, his argument is that these sounds have changed uh, and don't represent the variety of accents very accurately. I'm probably not explaining this very well, and he explains it much better. But for example, um, Okay, he, he gives this example and he plays little excerpts of people saying things and you have to guess what they say. So one is they say, is pissed. And you just hear this person going, is pissed, is pissed. And what he says they're actually saying is ears pierced. So you know when you have an earring put in your ear, you have your ears pierced. Now, the way I say that, especially because I'm Welsh, ears has two syllables, ears, and in the phonemic alphabet, it would be ear, the uh sound, and the same with pierced, pierced. But he's noticed that people often just say ears pierced, ears pierced. It, it's changed, the sound has changed, and disappeared in some cases. So he goes through um, the reasons he thinks that the phonetic alphabet is is no longer uh, the correct one. And it was really interesting for me because being Welsh, I used to think that I was uh, using the phonemic alphabet differently from what how I pronounce things. Um, so I would say you and obviously it's ear, so I had to train myself to say ear, and now it's ear, 
and and my son says ear because he's been brought up in Essex. So um, the the symbols have changed and it was really fascinating. I think it shows the importance of following experts. I mean, this man really knows what he's talking about. And, you know, it's so important to keep learning. Learning never ends and... It's fascinating, I think. So go and have a look at that and watch the video if if you're interested in that kind of thing. That was November the 9th. November the 10th, I had an email from somebody who said that they had done very well in the IELTS test because they'd applied the Peel method that I recommended on my website. So this is... Thi, or T-H-I, and Thi wrote to me to say that that made a huge difference to the way they write. And she said she didn't have much time. She's a working person. She used the Peel method. She says, even though I didn't pay for any course you offer, I believe this feedback from a wanderer like me can contribute to your site, help show test takers uh, how how, how well it worked. Okay. So I really believe in the Peel Paragraph system. I think it can transform your writing because it helps you develop and extend your points in in quite a systematic but a natural way. Um, So Peel, remember, stands for point. uh, E is for explanation. Another E for an example. And an L is to link it back to the question in some way. Now, I talk about this a lot in the academy. We do this when we practice. The the peel doesn't have to be exactly in that order. But every point you make should have some kind of elaboration. Again, E for elaboration. This could be simply an explanation of your point or it could be an example um, it's but it's some kind of extension of that point so that ultimately it links back to the question that you're trying to answer. The best way to understand it, go and have a look at my site. There's there's a few kind of band nine model essays there that use peel paragraphs and I've colour coded them for you so you can see what's a point, what's an example and the so what sentence at the end. Um, is the linking sentence. I call it the so what sentence. Why is this point important and relevant to the question? And and I've seen lots of students who have transformed their writing by by using those kind of paragraphs. Oh, November 11th. I loved this uh, video. It was um, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern she went viral because she was recording a live Facebook video and her little girl uh, didn't go to, wanted to go to stay up. She should have been in bed, but she wasn't in bed. So when you listen to Jacinda talking to the little girl, she says, go back to bed, go back to bed. Nanny will take you down to bed. I'm going to play it. I don't know how the sound will come out. I'm just going to play it, see if you can hear it. I'll turn it up. It's bedtime, darling. Pop back to bed. I'll come and see you in a second. Okay. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Nanny will take you down to bed. Can you hear bed, bed, 
it sounds like B-I-D. And that's a, simply the Australian accent. But it's really important because you do get Australian accents in uh, the IELTS test, Australian and uh, New Zealand accents. And that vowel sound is, um, it can cause confusion in the IELTS test. Um, she says, you're meant to be in bed, but she says, you're meant to be in bed. And uh, I'll be there in a, nanny will be there in a sick, meaning a sec, a second. And it's just really important to be aware of that a different vowel sound. There are other ones, but I think that one is the most noticeable one. And if you're not used to Australian New Zealand accents, um, I've got a few listenings on my website. There's one about the honeybees, and there's a man talking about the um, yeah the honeybees in Australia, and he's got a strong Australian accent. But there are also TV programs. In the UK, there are two famous ones called Neighbours and Home and Away. You could watch them just to get used to them. Or I'm, I'm sure there are New Zealand, Australian podcasts as well. And some films. And my favourite is Muriel's Wedding. Um, I love that film. Yeah, so that's accent and bed and bid. Remember, vowels are vulnerable. Um, Mark Hancock He's the guy who does the pronunciation mazes. He um, talks about vulnerable vowels because they're different according to your accent. So they're, they're, they're never what the phonemic alphabet says. Well, they are, but not always. Um, as, as we've seen with my Welsh ones, year is you, completely different from what the alphabet says. Um, okay, November the 12th. Oh, November the 12th. This was a funny one. Um, did you ever see the film The Sixth Sense? That's quite hard to pronounce, isn't it? It's a thriller movie. Um, and it's got, oh God, who's the, who's the actor? Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis. And I'm not going to tell you the story because there's a shock twist at the end. If I tell you the story, it will ruin the film for you. Oh, God, that means I can't tell you what the... Oh, no, I can't tell you about this. I'll ruin the film. Anyway, somebody posted on Facebook, showed a picture of Bruce Willis and says that he was going... <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, he was kept going to work, even though... Oh, no, I can't tell you. Anyway, the, the grammar was he must be a teacher. So remember with must, there are two meanings. Must, like the strong, you must do something, the strong obligation. The second meaning, must is for guessing. When you guess by somebody's appearance that, you know, what they do. So he must be a teacher because of this picture. Go and have a look at it. It's so funny. Uh, if uh, you might be too young maybe you don't know the sixth sense but he must be a teacher listen to the pronunciation silent t because of fast connected speech he must be and go back to my last podcast which talked about other uses of modals for guessing i nearly ruined that film for you now um november the 13th is the difference between i've got and I have. 
So, taking a simple example, um, how many brothers and sisters have you got? Brothers and sisters, have you got? Or have you got a brother? Um, there's a slight difference between I've got a brother and I have a brother. Difference in use in that I've got is much less formal. So if you're writing a general training letter, it's much better to say I've got, I've got some news maybe to your, if you're writing to your friend. There are other differences. Um, Americans tend to use I have rather than I've got. And then there are grammatical differences. So remember the negative form of I've got is what? I haven't got, whereas the negative of I have is I don't have. And there are lots of mistakes with this because people say I haven't a brother. So you either choose I haven't got a brother or I don't have a brother, but don't mix them up. And, and then the other thing is with questions like if the question is do you have a brother answer? Yes, I do. So think about IELTS speaking part one. Um, do you have a car? Do you have a mobile phone? Yes, I do. Or question could be, have you got? And then the answer is, yes, I have. So be careful with those. And then the final thing is about the past perfect, past, past perfect and future forms. Um, how do you use have you got? Well, basically, you can't. You can't say, you can't say, I, I, I have got. You can't put it in the past. You just have to say, I had, and I will have. So it actually doesn't exist in other forms. Ah, oh, one more thing I've remembered. Of course, Americans say I've gotten, but it's different, isn't it? It's different. Um, oh, it's different. It's an auxiliary verb there, isn't it? It doesn't. It's not possession. Um, I've gotten married. Have you ever gotten lost? Anyway, British people would never say gotten. I don't think. I don't think. But the main point there is I've got is less formal and it's great for informal letters. That was 13th. Oh, 14th um, is a great word. It's overwhelmed is the adjective. What does it mean? Um, you've just got too much to deal with. Uh, it's a really useful word. I think in this day and age, when there's so much information available, people say they feel really overwhelmed, especially maybe by the amount of IELTS information online. Um, there's just too much, isn't there? You need some way of dealing with it, of simplifying it. So overwhelmed is the ED adjective. Um, and remember, there's an ING version. You can say the language that you need for the IELTS test can sometimes feel overwhelming. So you feel overwhelmed and the language is overwhelming. It's also got a noun form. Too much information can lead to overwhelm. So uncountable. Um, and the verb, too much information will overwhelm you. It has another kind of mean, another meaning, which means the most, and it's quite useful again for academic writing task one. 
According to the chart, the overwhelming majority preferred online books. Oh, yeah, they all, so most people in the chart preferred online or to read books online. Um, you could use it in task two. I found this. The overwhelming majority of teachers are overworked and underpaid. I like that one. Um, yeah, so go and check that. There's a there's a whole lesson on the website there, I think. Yes, so pronunciation, overwhelmed. Stress on the whelmed. Overwhelming. November the 15th. Ah, right. November the 15th, I talked about how to find the best online course. I think I did a podcast about that, so I'm not going to go into that in too much detail. Um, except to say yesterday, you know, was Black Friday. And I hate Black Friday because it's just more lies, more pretend discounts and more kind of brainwashing you into thinking that a discount means it's good. Um I saw people yesterday doing IELTS courses and giving a 75% discount. And it just made me think, well, if, you're, if your course is, you're selling your course for 75% less than it's normally on sale for, how much is your course actually worth? And I saw these students saying, oh, this is a great deal. This is a fantastic deal. Well, yeah, it is. But that's that's about the price. Uh, is the course good? That's that's what my first question would be. There's no point having a cheap course if the course is no good. So anyway, I'm not going to rant about that. I'm going to move on. Oh, November the 16th. How pronunciation practice helps listening. Yes. So I've been doing my listening challenge in the Members Academy and been really examining every day we had a new detailed listening so it gave me a chance to examine lots of the language that they use really you know in a rep repetitive way they the same tests use the same language and once you hear this language you recognize it it, it will be a breakthrough for you honestly so you can go to the website and, and watch this video, you know, 30 second video. And the whole listening exercise is you have to decide between A, she will definitely do this, B, she might do this, or C, she definitely won't do this. So the whole thing relied on your understanding of her saying, yes, I will. No, I won't. But she says it really fast. She says, I'll definitely do that. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll think about it. Now, if you're not used to hearing that in connected speech, you'll miss it. So this is how pronunciation and listening are really connected. Because in my pronunciation course, you learn all about how it sounds in fast speech and you practice it. You're practicing, I'll, 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 I'll do that instead of I will do that. And that's what you hear. Look, if I'm going to try and play this, I don't know if you'll hear it. Hang on. I'll try and find a suitable topic. I won't even bother to look. I'll avoid that. I'll think about that. I'll try. So she, she says, I'll avoid that. I'll think about that. I'll try that. And all you hear is, oh, literally, oh, oh. There's, in fast speech, there's no I will. 
Um, and that, again, will go back to your speaking. It will improve your speaking. It will improve your speaking. It'll, it'll improve your speaking. Um, right, that was 16th. Oh, 17th. I don't know about you, but I get loads of spam emails and they always start with, hey, and they don't put my name. Really annoys me. So I obviously delete them and I ignore people who just say, hey, you know, on LinkedIn, people want to get in contact and they just say, hey, I mean, it's perfectly obvious my name is Fiona. So, you know, my it's called IELTS with Fiona. So, I mean, it's not difficult to find out my name if you really want to get in touch with me. And I make a special effort to learn everybody's name in the Members Academy and I use everybody's name when I can. I get confused sometimes, but that's my age. Um, so, hey, is, is really offensive and I've checked it. Not really offensive, but I've checked it with other people and what they think and they they said like, yeah, if, if if I don't know the person and they suddenly said, hey, I would be offended. And it, it might be an age thing. You know, maybe younger people don't find that offensive. But a lot of the time you are dealing with older people in real life. If you're going to university, you're going to have to email your lecturer. And if you say, hey, Adam, it, it really won't look good. Um, other quite rude things when writing emails is people who say, I want help. That sounds really demanding. Um, there's not even a question there. I mean, you can't just write to somebody and say, I want your help. Explain what the problem is. Would you help me? Can you, can you send me some information? Just a question is better than I want or I need help. Um, also, I wanna join your course. I that kind of that's a um, it's a kind of filter for me. If somebody writes, "I wanna join your course," I think they're not ready for my course, or I don't think we'll get along. I don't accept everybody on my course. Um, you've got to be right motivation uh, behind it. I, you know. There's no point you doing my course if you're not going to enjoy it. And I can usually tell by the way people start their email whether they're going to be right for my course. And if people say I want to join, it's immediate no, immediate no from me. Uh, same goes with can you help? Instead of writing Y-O-U, people write can you help? And I think if you can't even write two extra letters to try and get help, then I can't help you. No, you're not at the right point in your uh, journey to get my help. I'm sure other people will help you. Um, people who say, please do the needful, dear. Oh, that's really patronising. Do the needful is a really patronising expression. And when you add dear with it, it, it oh, don't do it. Don't do it. I think it's cultural. Um, very rude also is asking people to do something for free. Um, can you read my essay for free? No. Um, you know, I've got plenty of work experience. Thanks. I don't need more work experience. 
Um, and then the last one, bit controversial. Um, my my lovely students call me mom, and I have to remind them my name's Fiona. Um, they always say, but it's a sign of respect. But you know, I respect them without calling them mom or sir. So it it you know we're all level. We're all whether it's I'm a teacher or a student, we're all the same and. You, you don't need to use mom at all. Keep that one for the queen. Um, okay, November the 18th. Um, oh, conditionals. Again, from the listening test, something I noticed from the listening test. Um, it's about a girl who did some work experience for an advertising agency. And you have to choose two things, um, two benefits that the company got from her work experience. And she says, if they'd used a professional advertising agency, they'd have paid a lot more. It would have been 250% more. So another example of how grammar helps your listening score. Listening is never just about listening. Um, if you're recognizing the third conditional in fast speech, which I cover in my conditional boot camp, I cover again in my pronunciation boot camp and again in my speaking boot camp, then you're used to hearing that. You're, you immediately recognize this is regret. Um, this is talking about the past, what would have been different. So you, there's no thinking time. You immediately know that the benefit the company got was cost savings. They would have paid more. Simply that. And you, you wouldn't have to think about it. You'd recognize it immediately if you'd been through my course. And, you know, you just sometimes need people pointing things out to make things easier. You can do IELTS listening practice as much as you want, free, online. Great. You're getting exposure, but you're not getting strategy. So that's what's different when you do a course. November the 19th. Oh, God. Sorry, I've, I'm coming back to this question. Is it free? Is it free gives me sleepless nights. If somebody's asked me, is it free? Um, I go to bed thinking, what's the best way to reply to this person? And I've tried so many different ways to reply to this kind of question. And I think the best way is to think about, do you want to work for free when you're working you know do you want people coming to ask you um can you do this for free um because they don't think your worth is your work is worth any money it's, it's really insulting um and in in everyday life you don't walk into the hairdressers and ask for a free haircut you don't ask the british council to give you a discount and you know in life there are price there are costs there are prices for everything so I, I would love a Tesla car, but I can't write to Elon Musk and say, your Teslas are too expensive for me. Give me a discount. Life's not like that. So you can't do that um, to teachers either, um, especially now <laughs> when lots of teachers are really overworked and struggling. Um, November the 20th. I think that's the last one I'm going to do today. Um, 
we were looking for speaking questions, recent speaking questions for IELTS Speaking Part 1. And I noticed how many of them on these websites, even though it's great to get the question to practice, they're usually grammatically wrong. This one, for example, listen to this. When the last time did you eat food at barbecues? Almost every aspect of that is wrong. Um, and there's, there's a nice grammar point here because you can practice it. So the question is, when was the last time you went to a barbecue? When was the last time? Now, we've got a game in the Members Academy um, when we practice past tenses. And it's all about um, irregular past tenses. So when was the last time you um, ate an ice cream, for example? And there's lots of ways of answering this in different tenses. So if you go to November 20th, you'll see some of the options. Um, it, it really makes you, forces you to think about which tense you're going to choose. So you could say, um, I I. I go round my friend's house regularly. I haven't been for ages. I went to one last week. I've never been to a barbecue. I used to go a lot when I was living in Australia. I've never been, but I'd like to. So this question is really great for you to practice at home with your friends if you want to. Just ask the question, when did you last? When did you last go to a barbecue? When did you last see a movie? When did you last drive a car? And practice all the varieties of uh, answers that could come with that. Okay, time's up for me and the clock is ticking. So I'm going to go and say thank you very much for listening. Let me know if you've got any requests and I'll put them on my daily tips. Find them on my website. Bye for now. Bye bye.